very glad to have you here. And uh, if you're a guest with us, uh, I'm Jack, one of the pastors here. Welcome uh, to Elements. If this is your first time, we know it takes courage coming to a new place. And uh, next week, we start a brand new series called At the Movies. And uh, no, we're not watching a movie the entire hour. So sorry to disappoint you, but we are going to use the movies and kind of the language of the movies to hit some themes that the Bible talks about and emphasizes for us to, to aim our lives at and to, to orient our lives around. And so I just invite you back for that. We're going to take uh, have some fun. We may even give out some like movie gift cards. Just saying there, there may be some movie boxes, so like special things. Just saying, I mean, there may be some things, maybe some games that you have to do to win. I don't know. Just, I've heard rumors. And so we just invite you back for that uh, here in July. And uh, in a couple weeks, I want to hit uh, one of the movies uh, looking at the Jackie Robinson story in 42, and especially kind of in lieu of what happened this week. Um, and uh, I just wanted us to take a moment, if you don't mind, and, and to pray for uh, Emmanuel AME Church in, in Charleston. And if you would join me in that. And we wanted to stand with brothers and sisters and just pray for God's movement uh, in their congregation. Uh, that's a real church with real people uh, who had a real tragedy happen uh, and unfold. And then that infects a real city. And really uh, that overflows and affects a real uh, nation. That's ours. And, and um, we need to stand in the gap for that. And so I'd like to do that just as one of the pastors here leads you in a prayer for that. If you would just kind of bow your heads where you're at and uh, we'll, we'll go to the Lord for that. So, Father, we. Um, gosh. I remember just watching that this week and it just made my heart sick. Those are real people, real families that are permanently affected. And so, Father, I, I pray for your blessing upon them that your grace and your mercy, your peace would just continue to flow in those families, uh, that you would continue to do a healing work that I know is going to take weeks and months and years. Father, would you allow your spirit to be very active uh, in the Emmanuel AME Church and the congregant members there and those that I, I just I'm profoundly impressed with their character as they showed up there at the hearing and just hearing their stories of raw emotion and yet the, the willingness to forgive. And uh, that's something you, you tell us, you, you, you told us, you modeled for us to, to be a people of forgiveness. God, it's really hard. It's really hard when it's just pure evil. And uh, God, this seems like one of those moments in our country. It's not a political grandstanding. It's just simply seeing the, the landscape and reality of what we're surrounded by. And uh, gosh... God, I just I confess, just as a white guy, I don't understand, and I don't know, and I can't relate, because I can't. But I know heaven is going to be made up of every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people group. So, Father, would you, would you let your church be a better representation of that, bringing a little bit of heaven on earth in the here and now? Would you give us wisdom? Uh, would you give us discernment? And Father, we pray for just an empowering of your spirit and your grace poured out upon those families, upon that city, upon our nation. 
Father, would you uh, grant us strength to move forward? What was meant to create division, I pray that you would flip it and that it would create incredible unity. Father, what was done out of hate, would you flip that and make this be a ripple of love that's unstoppable and, and grows deeper, deeper roots in the hearts of people? So would you guide us in the days ahead and show us how in our city, in our time, in our day and age, in our sphere of influence, how we can better represent to proclaim redemption for any and all. Because Jesus, that's why you came. So we pray your blessing over Emmanuel Amy Church. We pray your blessing over the leadership there as they have to, to navigate through that. We pray that you would guide them and walk beside them. And we pray for your blessing upon uh, Charleston and upon our country. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for letting us do that. Um, next week, uh, we start that Athens movie series. And uh, we're going to look at that movie in a couple of weeks. I'm going to actually look at the movie Back to the Future. How many of you saw Back to the Future a while ago? It's one of my favorite classics. And so I would love to have you join us next week for that. Also, next week, um, as we start... I want to actually do a little bit of a family chat. And so for those of you who call Elements home, uh, I'm going to do kind of an update. We're coming up on the end of our fiscal year, coming up on the end of, that's the June 30. And I just want to update you where we are. We're, we're, we're really doing well. And we've got some exciting news uh, for our church moving forward into this next year. And I just want to, uh, we try to live above reproach and just let everybody know and be vulnerable with that and open with that. And so I just want to do a little family chat next week to let you know. So if you're not here next week, just make sure you catch that online. Uh, we'd love for you to be in the loop of that, uh, those of you who call Elements home. So tonight, if you would indulge me, uh, it's going to be a shorter sermon. Isn't that exciting? Um, I would love to speak just as a dad um, a little bit. Now, what I'm going to talk about tonight is about this notion. It's about making faith deposits in the people you love the most. So it's not just a dad thing, and it's not just for dads, and it's not just for moms, not just for parents though a lot of it's kind of aimed at that. But for those of you who are single, uh, who are maybe looking around going, maybe there's someone over there I can marry and, and we can have kids, it'd be awesome. Um, so uh, talk to them at the after party. That'd be a first thing to start there. But maybe this is something you kind of file away for you down the road. Maybe this is something you could do with your nieces and nephews with you. I think you can even look at this from the concept of saying, hey, with the, the friends that I have around me, here's some things I'd really love to make some faith deposits into their life. And so I just want you to kind of look at that. So yes, it's going to have a little bit of a parenting angle, but I want you to kind of read through that and through the lens that you have and through the season of life that you're in. And uh, I think we'll pick that up and, and get some, some fun stuff today. So if for those of you who are parents, just raise your hand. Those of you who are parents, okay, all the dads now raise your hand. Happy Father's Day. From one dad to another, happy Father's Day. So... Here's one of the greatest truths. This has nothing to do with the sermon. I just couldn't cut this out because this makes a huge difference to me. One of the greatest sentences I ever heard about the idea of parenting is simply this. An all-time key to parenting is this. Always keep influence. Always keep influence in your kids' lives. When they're younger, it's easy because you're bigger. You have more power. You have the resources. Listen, when they get older, it's all about the health and depth of the relationship you have with your kids. Don't ever lose influence. 
as they age and as they get older, it's about the relationship. It's about how healthy it is. It's about how, and that takes work, friends. That takes energy. It takes focus. It takes determination. But what you want as a parent is to keep influence. Not dictatorship. This isn't about that. This is about influence. This is about leverage. This is about being able to coach and speak into their life the older they get, that you turn from being dad who's the cop over everything to being the consultant who is sought after. And you want that. And that happens. And so you want to keep influence. Now, one of the great questions that I think uh, people can ask about, how do you make faith deposits in your kids? How do you, uh, Psalm 70 talks about one generation passing on the faith to the other generation. So how do you continue to do that? I just wrote down a few different questions about that. How am I doing and investing into the greatest relationship of my kids? Or you can insert of your friends or of uh, your nieces and nephews. Of how, do, how am I doing it? Help them grow in the greatest relationship possible. Now, what is that? Well, you're in church, so what would that be? This is Jesus. Okay. The relationship with Jesus. Okay. Oh, what would that be? Oh, Jesus. Good job, guys. All right. Good job. Um, yes, this would be a relationship with God. That's the greatest relationship. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 6, we'll get there in a, in a little bit, um, talks about this being the most important relationship. Jesus was asked one day in Matthew 22, hey, what's the most important thing? What did he say? The most important thing is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Paul kind of alludes this when he talks to dads, and he's speaking to dads here, uh, and he references this in Ephesians chapter 6. Here's what he says. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. It matters how you treat them. Now, does that mean you should never be a disciplinarian? No, Paul's not saying that. Um, what he's saying is you've got to be careful. You've got to walk this, because it's one way when they're young. It's a different way when they're older, and you've got to influence your kid's life all throughout the process. He says, like, don't provoke your children by anger by the way you treat them. Rather, here's what you do. Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. The Greek word there for discipline is uh, padia. Uh, and that word literally is also found in 2 Timothy, where it talks about the, the word of the Lord, that, that the scriptures are alive and active, that they're good, for, uh, they're good for discipline, they're good for parenting, is really what that word is. This is about parenting. And so even the scriptures are sent to parent us and to help us grow up and to help us nurture and develop our heart. And Jesus is saying, look, this is important. Paul's kind of drilling down here saying, look, how you raise your kids, how you invest in them. That's really what he's saying. He's making, he's saying, make faith deposits in your kids. Bring them up in the way that they are to be. And you already are a trainer at heart. Those of you who raised your hands and you said, hey, I've got kids, you're already a trainer. I mean, think about it. You have trained your kids to brush their teeth. How hard was that? Right? Seriously, like twice a day. Really? Like that's what you're supposed to do. How many kids uh, of your kids ever like pushed back on that? Like, I don't need to do that. That's for wimps. You know, wimps brush your teeth. No, you got to brush your teeth. You got to tie shoes. That was hard. You need a rabbit hole. No one understands that. It's Alice in Wonderland. It's just you know, how to use a fork, how to ride a bike, how to drink from a cup, how to use a toilet. Men, seriously, boys, it's just, you got to put a target in there. It's ridiculous. It's just, just how do you potty train? It's just so difficult, right? You got to train them how to throw the ball, how to swing it back, how to use good manners, how not to belch at the table when you're over at a friend's house, right? How awesome is that? Yeah, my little one. Yeah, I'm telling you, she's gifted. Um, so, 
girl after dad's own heart. Um, <clears throat> as they get older, you've got to teach them how to cook. I mean, more than mac and cheese or Easy Mac. I mean, just uh, we don't, but, you know, you're supposed to. Um, how to do laundry, how to drive a car. How fun, how fun was that? Parents, you've had to teach your kids how to drink, drive a car. Anyone? Whoo! We made it. We made it. If your hand is up, we made it. So, um, how to balance a checkbook, how to manage the money and the resources that have. You are a trainer already, which means you're already an investor into their life. The question becomes, how are you doing that on a faith level? Because you do that naturally in so many other things. We do that uh, whether we want to or not, we do it. You're a trainer. Uh, you're a protector. I remember talking to a new mom recently, and she was telling me about going to Fry's and her first experience taking the little one in Fry's, and they have to figure out the car seat up on the, the cart and how to manage that and how to get things and not have that fall off. And she just kind of talking about the expressions she started feeling. And maybe new moms, you understand. There's moms in the past, you understand uh, how she started eyeballing people. Other people she's walked by all the time in fries, but this time now that she has a precious little one, it's like those mama bear instincts start coming out, and you're like, uh, don't come near my kid. I know you're two rows over. You just stay away from my kid, right? And all those feelings that she started having, she's like, I don't know where they came from. I said, well, that just, that just happens. That's natural. You start feeling protective over your kids. You, you want that. Anyone ever lost a kid before <laughs> um, in a store? I mean, nothing, hypothetically speaking. Um, the, in Target, um, one time, I heard of a guy who did. And um, it was a little freak-out moment for a second. And, and you know what that guy didn't do? That guy didn't say, you know what? Um, well, they have free will. And uh, they've certainly shown that to that guy. And that guy um, didn't say, hey, you know, they got free will. It's, it's they're up to their life to figure out how to make it to Target and get back to my car. And if they don't, well, I guess I got an extra room at the house now. And so it's just no parent says that, right? No parent even thinks that. No parent goes over and sits on the bench and just Facebooks about it and says, well, I can't. I'm not trained as a professional searcher, so I'm just going to call 911 and let them do it. Um, no. What, is you, what do you do as a parent? Uh, after you freak out and you silently yell, so your wife a few rows over doesn't notice. Um, so you go searching for a uh, little one, uh, who, that guy did, and um, he found them, and yay, all is well. Um, so that's what you do. Why? Because you're protective. Why? Because you're a trainer, you're an investor. You got a lot invested. And so you want to protect, and you want to harness, and you want to be around. And I think scripturally, biblically, when it comes to making faith deposits, whether it's into the next generation, into your kids, whether it's into nieces and nephews, whether it's into your good friends that you have around you in life, here's what I know about you. You want to. At the core, at the bottom, at the foundation, you really want to make faith deposits into them. Why? Because I know your heart. Part of You're here. You want that to be true. You want that to happen. Here's what I know happens, though. Real life unfolds. Monday comes. The alarm goes off. Starbucks calls. And your work and your boss is going crazy. And pretty soon, it's hard to, to find the time. It slips your mind. You think of something, and then it, it's off the radar again. Because you've got other stuff thrust onto the radar. And the, the call for us is to say, we want to be a people that focuses on making faith deposits 
into the next generation. We want to become a person who focuses on being proactive in making faith deposits in those that we love the most. You have to be proactive in it. It will not just happen. It will not just unfold. You won't just trip into it. You have to be determined to say, I'm going to make this a part of what I do. It's actually what uh, Deuteronomy gets to. We'll hit that in a second. But remember Joshua? Joshua 24 has this famous passage where he's calling the people of God back to God. And he's saying, look, you've got to choose. You've got to choose beside, between the, the ways of the world that were there around them in the ancient times and what things were calling vine for their attention. And he said, you've got to choose between that way or God's way. And here's this famous line when he says in uh, Joshua 24, verse uh, 13, he says, but for me and my family, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You may have all these other things out here, but for us, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua took a proactive stance in saying, I'm going to be a person who makes faith deposits in my kids, in my friends, in my family, in my nieces and nephews, whatever situation may fit for you. You have to choose to be a person who's going to be proactive to do that. It won't just happen. It won't just unfold. You have to choose it. And so as I was thinking through this, I thought uh, every one of us wants our relationships to pop. Okay? I don't ever do acronyms, hardly ever, but this one seemed to fit. So pop. Anyone from the Midwest where you call soda pop? Okay, anyone from, how many of you have never heard the soda called pop before? Awesome. Okay, perfect. One. Um, welcome to America. Uh, so, <clears throat> but we want our relationships to pop. And here's the acronym for that. It, P-O-P. That's how you spell it. Uh, don't put two O's. Um, so, we want to pop. The first one is this. We want to point toward God and point God out. In your life, in your everyday life, you want to be a person, whether it's with friendships, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with the next generation that you have influence in and influence around. You want to be a person that points to God and points God out all the time. Now, you could go crazy with that if you want, and you could be staring at a plate of macaroni and be like, look, this macaroni looks like the face of Jesus. And you could point, like, don't, okay? That's just weird. Although that one toast thing, that really did look like... Okay. Um, but don't be crazy with it. But be a person who's proactive, who says, okay, I'm going to point God out. I'm going to point things out that I see God working. Do you let your kids in on the conversations of God's blessing in your life? Even at a young age, do you let them know, hey, we had this unfold and this happened, and isn't it cool that God provided that for us? Maybe it's a simple conversation like that, where, okay, my, my car broke down and someone was able to fix that. Isn't it cool that God lined that up, that that person took thought of us and God brought that person to help us in our life, in our situation? Do you ever stop and do that? It's really easy to accept that and to receive it and go, yay, God, but to actually be proactive and say, hey, here's how that story unfolded. And I want you to know, I want to point to God. He's the one that's active in this. It's really easy in our culture to make it all about us, to make it about our energy, what we do, our hustle. And that's important for us to hustle. Don't be a lazy bum. But God's the one that gave you that hustle. 
He's the one that empowered you and allowed you to have that. And so as you see him active in your life, point that out. Point to God in those things. I loved watching um, anyone see uh, Steph Curry's MVP speech. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can go watch it. If you, haven't, if you want a half an hour of just coolness, um, just go watch that guy's story. Because it, it's fun to see a superstar point to God and to point to people who are key in his life and to live out a genuine faith. That was awesome to see. And he's doing that to help his kids. Um, I, I do this with my kids called uh, Life Lessons. I think I've told you that before. Life Lessons is when dad, me, I get, I get 60 seconds. And so my kids usually roll their eyes now um, when I go, hey, here's a life lesson. And, I, and this is what I see, literally, okay? <sighs> okay, that is what I see. But I know... I've got 60 seconds where they have to receive what's coming next, okay? And I tell them, I have 60 seconds, okay? And what I say in the next 60 seconds, you have to listen to. Now, I'm hoping that you're going to remember this because this is what my mom did for me. And so I'm just passing on some life lessons. Sometimes it's about real life issues, about handling money, about um, work ethic, about whatever it may be. Sometimes it's just all about God. And it, I, I just notice something, read something, see something on TV, and, and I'll say, hey, this is really important. This is a life lesson. Roll the eyes. Okay, wait for that five-second pause. And then go. And I just go into it. And I just take a seizable moment to try to season their soul, to make them aware to God and His activity, to His faithfulness, to His character, to His teaching, to His truth. And I want them to see it. And so I try to point God out. The second one is this. Uh, so the O in there is opportunities. We want to give our kids, we want to have our friends, we want to have yourself and the people that you love, we want to give them opportunities to use their skills, their gifts, their talents. We want to give them opportunities to, to do things with God, to serve God's kingdom. I love the fact that we have so many of our youth uh, who are serving in our e-kids. Did you know that? We have a lot of our youth that help serve in our e-kids uh, who are just loving on kids. And I love the fact that they get to express that. We have some that, that check in kids. We have some that play with kids. We have some that just kind of be there to support. We have some that are doing things. We got Our youth got to go to the diaper bank and pack like tons of different boxes that are going to single moms and all that a few months ago. We've got the opportunity um, coming up here in July. Remember, Serve Sunday is July 26. I'm just wondering to put that back on your radar again, where we're going to come here. You're going to dress in shorts. You're going to bring work gloves. You're going to either work inside. We're going to do like two, three songs, and then I'm going to share a quick devotion, and then we're working. And we're all around the school trying to get the school ready for all 800 plus students that are coming back to Catalina starting the very next week. And this is our opportunity as Element City Church to say we're not just a church that gathers. We're a church that does. Because love does. It doesn't just talk about it. Love does. And so we want to be a church that serves the school that we're in, as well as we got 460 backpacks. Isn't that awesome? Christian called me uh, a few weeks ago. We just ordered the backpacks last week. And uh, Christian said, hey, um, our school is rocketing up in attendance. We have 460 kids. Can you handle that? I was like, no problem. That's a problem when I hung up. I was like, oh, we don't have 460 people. I don't know how we're going to do that. Um, but we've got Emmanuel Baptist that's going to help us. We've got other friends that are going to help us. And we can fill 460 backpacks so that every kid at John B. Wright Elementary will start the school year with a new bag and new school supplies. Can we do that? I think we could do that. So it'll be fun. 
that's an opportunity for you as a family to go shopping with your kids. That's an opportunity for your kids to take your money, (laughs) not their money, your money, walk up to a teller, to hand them money, and to tell them what they're buying. Why? Because that's opportunities. That's why we do mission stuff. That's why we're going to Ecuador in November for anybody that wants to go. Uh, you got to sign up soon and talk to me. Um, but to go see some of the Compassion Kids, you all are sponsoring 12 Compassion Kids uh, in Playas, Ecuador. We're going to go visit those 12 kids here November 7th through 14th. we got a few of us that are going to be there and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to love on them and on that community and to represent Element City Church, to say, hey, there's a church in Tucson that knows your name, that knows your place and is praying for you and cares about you that we're going to go do this because love does. And so you want to provide opportunities for your kids to have involvement. It may be other opportunities that you see within the community. It may be other opportunities that you see, that you hear about from other friends. Provide your kids opportunities or provide your friends opportunities to serve alongside you, to do something with you because that matters. The last P is this. So you got, what was the first one? Anyone remember? Huh? Point God out. There you go. You got opportunities. So point God out. Opportunities. The last one is real simple. Pray. First Thessalonians 5.17 is a verse. Here we're going to memorize it. You ready? Pray continually. Let's just say that together. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. See, you all memorized the Bible verse tonight. Well done. Pray continually. To say, we're going to be a people that that prays for this next generation, that prays for our kids. Prayer is partnering with God to see His activity released in someone's life. More will happen through your prayers for your kids, for your friends, for your co-workers than anything you ever physically do because we serve a big God who is always at work behind the scenes and who loves your kids, your co-workers, your friends, and wants to be active in their life. Maybe the last question is this. Point God out. Provide opportunities. Pray. The bottom line I wrote was this. We can make faith deposits only as we have excess to give. What's the best way to make faith deposits in someone else? It's to grow your own faith. That you grow your faith. You just live out of the overflow. It just spills over. So the question of tonight, real simply, is how are you doing at growing your faith? Not in a works-based, trying to get God to love you kind of thing, but in a growing my faith genuinely because Jesus has changed my life. And I want to walk with him more intimately. I want to walk with him more readily. How are you doing at that? You know, you got version Bible app has tons of reading plans. If you've never been a person who's read the Bible, maybe it's just simply starting there. In the fall, we're going to have these classes called Elements University. That's going to be like a Christianity 101, kind of the basics of the faith and next steps in that. We're going to have another one that's all about engaged, this idea of just how do I find my story? How do I understand my spiritual gifts? How do I understand how God's using my temperament, how I'm wired to add into his story? Think about it being a part of that class, that university class. Think about ways that you can grow because as you grow your faith, 
then it's easy out of the excess to make deposits of faith into others. In reality, that's what Jesus did. He came and he pointed out who God was. He said, you want to know what God's like? Look at me. He provided an opportunity for us to have life with God. And he prays and intercedes even now, the scriptures say, for you on your behalf before God the Father. 